Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Catherine Greenland. Borderless Satmi evokes the image of a migratory people who have never been contained by imperialist borders. These people include Sami descendants, Sami Americans, Sami Canadians, and other Sami people in the diaspora. On behalf of the Board of Directors at the Pacific Sami CRV, we are humbled and honored to be offering the first podcast about Sami culture and life, which centers the diaspora perspective. This podcast is a culmination of hard work from many individuals who are dedicated to remembering, relearning, and revitalizing our connections to our ancestors, our culture, our language, and our relationships to our shared ancestral homelands of Sapmi. We may fail in a variety of ways, from technical to topical, to cultural ignorance on issues, but we want to always acknowledge that we are learning and we welcome input from our Sami and indigenous relatives here on Turtle Island. Our intention is to co-create this podcast in a good way. We recognize that our experiences as people of the diaspora are different from those who continue to live in Sapmi, and we look forward to strengthening those bonds with our cousins through this work. I want to give a special thank you to the board and membership of the Pacific Sami CRV for hosting this podcast and providing a platform for us to traverse, reflect on, and reclaim our connections to Sami culture and identity. I'm incredibly excited to be walking alongside you, our listeners, on the journey as we talk with our guests and learn from their unique perspectives and lived experiences. Ingor Ante Ailugap, born and raised at the top of the world, has worked as a musician for over 40 years. Ailush, his artist's name, combines his own compositions and traditional yoiks with other traditions from Africa, India, Inuit territories of Canada, among others. Ailosh has toured the world as a yoiker. He has composed music for theaters, the Nordic television companies, BBC, and German television, and has joined the New York-based theater, La Mama Theater, both as an actor, composer, and yoiker. Ailosh has won numerous awards, including the 1999 Ailosh Music Prix, a Sami Music Award to honor the significant contributions the recipient has made to the diverse world of Sami music. Ailush started his own rock band in the late 70s with their first record coming out in 1979. In the early 80s, Ailush engaged in an extensive cooperation with the Sami poet Ai Logap. Together they created the musical Min Dodarat, which translates as our Highlands. Another of Ailosh's lead roles was in the Niels Gaps film, The Pathfinder, which received an Oscar nominee in 1988. These cooperations led to starting the modern Sami National Theatre, Bjeivash, located on the Norwegian side of Sápmi. Since taking part in founding the theater, Ailosh still plays a prominent part today. He is employed as full-time actor, has written much of the music for Bjevash plays, and also functions as playwright and translator. Besides teaching in Scandinavia, Ailosh has been teaching Yoik regularly in Switzerland since 2017. 
During the pandemic, he started teaching Yoik via internet, which has shown to be a success. This also gives an international public the possibility to participate. Next live courses are planned for June of 2022 in Switzerland, as well as July of 2023 in Portland and Seattle. This is Northern Sami language, I say. Thank you so much. I'm very happy to be here with you. Also joining us on the podcast today is Elizabeth Berg. Elizabeth was a lecturer of Norwegian language at the University of Zurich in Switzerland, where she invited many guests to her classes. Among them was Eilosh. This is where she learned of Sami culture and has been supporting Sami culture ever since. Welcome to the podcast, Elizabeth. Thank you. I'd like to start with just a very general question. Eilosh, where do you live currently? I'm living at the Norwegian side of Sápmi. This place is called Kvótageitnu and uh, more Norwegianized, <coughs> sorry, more Norwegianized name for the village is Kautokeinu. And what is this? How do you say it in Sami, the name of the village where you live? Kvótageitnu. Kvótageitnu. Is that right? Kvótageinu. Where were you born, Eilosh, and, and where did you grow up? Well, I was born in the uh, in village here in the uh, uh, hospital, but uh, I was grown up in a reindeer herding family, a nomad family, and we moved around with the reindeers from place to place. We, uh, uh, looking for the reindeers where they can find food. And uh, most of the time I lived in Goati Lavu, that is a Sami way, kind of tipi, a uh, year around. So when I grew up, I didn't know what <laughs> motor, benzene, oil, gas is, no electricity, of course, no mobiles at all. So we were quite happy living that way, very traditional way. And I think I belong to the last generations who have been lucky to live year around in the nature in Gohti, uh, together with my family and neighbors and the reindeers. So Gohti is like, um, like a tipi, is that right? Gohti or Lavu. Did yes. I pronounce it right? Gohti. Very good. Okay. I wonder what did it feel like or what must it have been like to grow up in Goati or Lavus um, with no electricity, no gasoline, benzene? What was that like for you? Uh, today, when I tell this to my children or to my grandchildren, it sounds like a fairy tale. <laughs> It sounds like romantic uh, in a way, but uh, how it was, very free. I went out in the morning after 
eating on skis, went to the forest, and uh, nobody came to look where he is, because they, they knew he came back when he's hungry or when he gets cold. So it went well <laughs> all these years. I remember one time, I, I, I was maybe five, six years. Uh, what will happen if I don't return? If I stay very long outside? So I, kind, I went out and I hide myself in the snow and looking to the Gohti uh, through bushes. And I was there kind of freezing, but I have to see what they do. And then I see my mother came out from Gohti, looking from every size, listening. Oh, then I saw, oh, they, they, they look for me. Oh, my, my heart felt, felt well. But I was not that, that, that good to hide. Perhaps my mother saw me behind the trees, <laughs> I thought after. <laughs> but anyway, it is very good to, to, to me to see <laughs> she was looking after me. At... <laughs> yeah. Thank you for sharing that story. Wow. Can you tell us more about your family connection to Sapmi? Uh, yeah, that is, uh, I, I'm born in the Sapmi family, of course, and the neighbors were there in the neighbor also reindeer herders. And my mother tongue was Sami, of course, and um, I first contact with the Norwegian languages when I started at school here in uh, Gautagaitno village. So uh, at summer times, we moved with the reindeers to the coastside because at inland there are so much mosquitoes and insects, the reindeers moves to coastside when there is uh, more more peace if you think the the mosquitoes don't disturb that much from uh, from old times people went with the reindeers to coastside and we do it still today at summer times we are at coastside with reindeers so the landscape can can uh, these winter areas uh, can uh, what how could i say then them for uh, very free and stunned also. Yeah, so they were left in peace. The winter areas were left in peace for a while. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When we <laughs> went to the coast side. Mm -hmm. So I didn't, I didn't know of any other way of living. Uh, I didn't think how, how it is to li live in house. But I remember when we got our first house in 1967. Uh, and a half. Uh, we, we went there with reindeer uh, ride, uh, uh, ride. Flock? No. no. Ride. Many reindeer must sledder. Oh, yes, all the, a line of, of uh, reindeer with the sledges. Yeah. We moved to this house, and I have a sister. She's almost two, one and a half or years older than me, and we came into the house, and it was huge. We thought the kitchen was the main room, and it was so much um, echo there, or a reverb. So we were yelling, ho, 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 hoi, ho, <laughs> all day. <laughs> My mother and 
father brought all the stuff inside to the house. So that was first time I really, you know, the house was empty and much reverb and echo there. Not, not echo, but reverb is the right word that I, I remember so well. <laughs> and how old were you when your family first moved into a house? Seven and a half, eight. Yeah. I'm curious to hear more about your reindeer. Do reindeer understand Sami language or do they have their own language? How, how do you communicate with the reindeer as you're hurting them? It's not much body language, how you move. And of course, also we use certain words to, to make it uh, to, uh, for the maruli, is it called? To calm them down, yes. To calm them down, it's much use. Ena, 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 ena. What what that words mean? I don't know, but it's much use. Ena, ena. To calm them down. Mm. Uh, well, I I think they understand every language. Mm. <laughs> the reindeers. They seem like very intelligent creatures. Yeah, they, they, they are at these times, they were much, much more tamed than these days because we lived with the reindeers every day. It, uh, in the mornings, it happened uh, many times. My father brought the reindeers around the Gohti. And then, then you woke up in the morning to reindeer bells and you heard the sounds. Uh, and you were Gohti in the middle, reindeer around. It is. Very, very nice, good memories I have from these times. I imagine it was. Mm. So how, how did you learn to, to yoik and, and how old were you when you first started yoiking? I didn't learn at home at all because at home it was not good to yoik because my parents, both of them were Christian and uh, they didn't uh, teach yoiking at home because it was look at looked at Cindy. But I heard it on the on the radio and on records. Uh, was doing one of his first joys with together with instruments in the 60s, 70s. And and uh, another group from Detno. The youngsters from Tanabred, they came out with the modern music, much influenced by Joiking. And of course, I, I heard much Joik in the different ceremonies, like in weddings, when people were happy, having wine, and Joiking many Joiks together. Uh, both the people who were married, and their parents, and their friends. So uh, that was the way I, I heard Joik. But at home it was not, yeah, it was kind of forbidden. But this made me very curious, you know. Children, when you hear you cannot do that, oh, I must try, what, what is that? Why is, is it not allowed? So one day I really asked my father, I was 12 years, is, is that true, how you have never been yoiking before? I know, know you are a Christian, I respect that, but have you not ever yoiked? 
Yes, I have yoked when I was young. When I moved with my reindeer flock to the coast side, I came there. I met other youngsters and people at the coast side who were not Samis, who talked Norwegian. And they, uh, they often asked me to yoik, and I yoiked to them. And they were listening to me with open mouth and had uh, who the poskakke. Yeah, they had, how would you say that? Yeah. They, their heads cocked to the side and their yeah. mouths so, open. So, so, you know, he, it inspired me that much. My gosh, I have to try to do the same. <laughs> that was one of my earliest, biggest inspiration when I heard that story. Is forbidden at home, but when he did there, he got so much good, positive attention. I must try that. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's so funny that your parents didn't yoik at home with you, but but they still had stories of the joy of yoiking, and and somehow you learned that joy through their stories. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. What what were your parents told about yoiking? I know you said in the church it's seen as sinful, um, but what what were they afraid of? At these times when yoik was that uh, looked down to, people didn't do it before they got too much strength, for example, and they 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 didn't care anymore, and they were yoiking, but they were too much strength. It didn't sound good, of course not. So. It came a bad circle. People were depressed and they were not allowed to do it. Most of them did yoik when they got drunk, and that was very, very bad circle, very bad habit that lasted, lasted long. It, sorry, it, um, you said it was a vicious cycle. They didn't. They didn't do it when they had strength. Is that what you said? Uh, when they were drunk, they only did it when they were drunk, because then they dared to do it. But then, of course, because they were drunk, it was bad yoiking. And... Okay. So yoiking and alcohol do not mix. Uh, that was a bad combination, because when yoik was so much depressed, people are depressed, they didn't yoik before they got drunk. And then you got this bad circle, bagged. <laughs> Uh, understanding of yoik that's only drunken people who are yoiking. I see. They were so, didn't do it when, when uh, they were uh, clear mm -hmm. <laughs> and not, not drunk. Mm -hmm. But, but uh, of course, I heard Sami artists, like I mentioned, I lost Tanabren's Ungdom and also recordings from old recordings where people yoiked and they were so good yoiks. So, so that, that was, I heard people of great, great yoikers doing it uh, professionally. Huh? Mm -hmm. And do you have any favorite artists who yoik now? Yes, I have many. For example, Per Hetta, uh, that people name today also Per Hetta, but this Per Hetta, uh, he was born in Godogainu, he moved to Karashoka. Everybody knows Perhatta here, who, 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 people listen to Yoiks. 
and another man who's he lives still today from Mads village Mads from here against Alta 60 kilometers Firma is he called great great joyful um, and uh, Engai also female great joyful she passed away uh, some years ago you will find her on Spotify if you look and Birhelle Balto from Parashok. She is also not living anymore today, but very excellent joiker. Uh, Berit Nurland from Karashok also. She has done uh, several series. She also passed away nowadays, but she was also very, very good joiker. And uh, one of my uncles, since still live today, 84 years. He can several hundreds of yoiks. He has been in uh, Tromsø, yoiking for a uh, uh, museum. They are collecting yoiks there. So he has been there listening to other old yoik that are in museum, but people don't know whose yoik they are. So he was there teaching, this yoik is her and this man and from there and there. And he, we're there yoiking three days, hundreds of yoiks. Wow, that's it's incredible. In, incredible, yes. Because yoik, when he was raised up, it was so much used. He said, I said to him, how can it be you can so much yoiks? He answered me like this. If you were raised up this uh, period of time, you would have been learning as much yoiks that as I do today. But he said to me, yeah, you are you sing. Imagine how many tunes you can sing of psalms you have learned at home, sing of rock music, sing of songs, sing of music. You can you can match tunes, but, but yeah, yeah, all right, yeah, you're right. <laughs> That's true. So he lifted me up. Also, when I said to him, I I cannot that much as you can. But he says very wisely to me, oh, you, you made, you, you know, many other tunes in music. <laughs> hmm. I'm, I'm really interested in this museum where they're collecting yoiks. Where, where is that museum located? Tromsø, northern Norway. Okay. It's the uh, Museum of Tromsø? Excuse me, what? It's uh, located at the Museum of Tromsø. Yeah, Tromsø. 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 Yeah. Okay. Thank you. I'm curious what what yoik means to you, Ailosh. This thing that you that you do that you teach um, clearly it's something that you love. What does yoik mean for you? Yoik is uh, most unique uh, um, side of our culture that shows pre-Christian spirituality in, in our, for our people. It has survived um, the states coming, putting borders. It has survived to be, have been forbidden. It has survived alcohol. 
it has survived even if our shamans were killed and our shamans were collected, taken away. It's very, I'm very proud and humble. And it's fantastic that Joik had, has survived still. But in many Sami areas, areas it has a, uh, been killed away forever. But nowadays, young people are reviving it very good and with power and uh, with uh, proudness. This is very good. The yoik for me is uh, as important as language, the sp spoken language, because in yoik, we express feelings also when you don't find words. For the deepest feelings, there are no words. But do you do when you hurt your hand? Grown up, be a grown up, be a baby, you. <laughs> oh, you give the feeling what you feel. That is very uh, important side of yoik to show feelings, not necessarily by words, but with melodies, rhythm, a way to use your voice. So this is a language for feelings in yoik. And we also say, I don't yoik about you. I yoik you. That makes sense. Because I think so, when we talk about feelings, you don't say to your loved one, I love about you. No, you say, I love you. Then you say, I yoik you. That means I give my feelings like to love someone, to yoik someone, is to make a picture kind of picture from of you with my voice. It's not about you, it is you, yes. So when yoik is a, a music in general, you can say it's a language of feelings. It is right to think, I, I mean, to think or to say I yoik you. It's a question of feelings. Like to say I love you or I hate. Uh, discrimination, I hate war. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I hope I can express you, you follow what I try to say. Yes, thank you. Yes, I think I understand what you're saying. Um, when I heard you say that yoik is the language of feelings, that was really interesting because in English, we don't have anything like that other than music, but, but when you sing a song, you're singing about something. And I, and I sense that yoik is different in that you're not singing about the tree, you are singing the tree. And so I wonder, is it kind of um, like an invocation, like you're invoking that tree or that person or that loved one when you are yoiking them? Yes, it goes directly from heart to heart. There's no room for about or if. It is there, 
or it is not there. <laughs> yeah. And I've I've heard that often parents will yoik their children or create a, a yoik for their children to learn. Is that right? Yes, we we give a children's yoik called Tauutna. Tauutna. A shorter yoik melodies for children. I had uh, make, been making Tauutna to our children. We have three children. Our grandchildren have Tauutna. And uh, when they grow up, they will uh, get uh, grow up uh, adult yoiks. A tautna can be short. For baby. And you, I did that when the, the baby was in the life of mother. So the baby can hear the father's voice already then and we when the baby comes to, to, to us in this world we use the yoik putting words for example no my dear little daughter she's got two tiny teeth and then she or he start to recognize this tune, it is me. It is my identity. The particular melody. Then I have to tell one happening where my daughter teached me something very, very important. It was a Sunday morning. I, I was got up very early. I was making breakfast, putting bread, coffee on table, and I was doing her daughna and improvising in between. Then I heard small steps. Ingaristina, four years old, daughter of us, said, Achi, I recognize she, she wants to tell me something. I continued with this daughter. Make different things. And she said, Achi, more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have forgotten my daughter. <laughs> Whoa! No, I'm old. Thank you for telling me. I'm so sorry. I'm no, your father is too old. I have for you are right. Oh, I'm so sorry. Can you help me? She's still there. Yeah, with sleepy eyes and a smile about her mouth. She stood there with sleepy eyes and my uh, smile on her mouth, and she did. Well, in breath and things like children do. Oh, 
then I took her to my uh, lap. Is it fungi? Yeah. To my lap and said, my dear, dear daughter, now you reminded me how your tune is. What she really said to me, father has forgotten how his daughter is, forgotten her musical identity, her name, forgotten how she really is. Because when you got your own tone, I am sure you opened your musicality, your musical ear on a personal level with love from father and parents and people who use it. If I sing a lullaby a little bit wrong, it doesn't hurt that much. You can notice it, but you don't care that much. But if I misuse your name, for example, if I don't remember your name, it's, it's, it's as, it, it is as wrong as this. So when we learn person jokes, we are doing it precisely as this has to be, like with your name. So she told me this story and I remember it for, for, for the rest of my life. And she, rem she remembered it herself too. No, as grown up. Wow, that's such a sweet story. Thank you for sharing that. It brought tears to my eyes to hear you talk about your daughter and, and the yoik that you made for her. And I love what you said about how your yoik is like your musical identity, like, like your name in music. Is that right? Yeah, yes, just like that. So how, how will you say your whole name to me? My name is Catherine Marguerite. Greenland. Catherine Margaret Greenland. Catherine Kath Margaret Greenland. Okay. Catherine Margaret Greenland. Catherine Margaret Greenland. Can be one way to be inspired to compose a yoik to you, uh, start with your name, listen to the rhythm, how, how it goes. And uh, then traditionally, if I make, you can ask me that, that you can do. You can ask if I can do a yoik tune for you. Okay, I'm honored. Then you trust me. I can give a picture to all the others how you are. That's a big trust you gave me. All right, let's say then I have composed a yoik, then I come to Catherine Greenland and I do the yoik for you. Oh, then you hear, no, I'm not that satisfied. <laughs> I'm not that satisfied. <laughs> can, can we look at it? So it's no hard feelings if I have not doing, been doing a good yoik. I have to ask you, what do you think about this? Then, then we can um, work on it and make it so you are satisfied with it. That is one way how, how yoik tunes can be uh, uh, born. But the other is also, if there are, uh, for example, let's say five young pretty boys, everybody likes Catherine Greenland. And they start a kind of competition to make the prettiest joke to her. 
they they do they they own best every one of them and certainly one of them the oics are you think it's good and you say that that that, that i go uh, uh, i accept it i accept accept Except one of the yogic tunes, then then you have your yogic tune. That's also one way. But uh, there can also happen that people start to use this yogic tune for Elizabeth, and they put nice words to it, and people start to recognize it as Elizabeth's yogic tune, and put much love to it. To the specific yogic tune, and this is a gift for you. When people use it, it's, it's not possible to say, I don't want it because they are giving it to you. <laughs> 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 well, it's like the name. Uh, 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 usually, people don't ask who did give you your name. Well, that's not important. The important is what is your name? Right. Yeah. Right. So Yoik is it's a language of feelings. It's it's your musical identity. It can be used even in courtship. Uh, it's and then someone might make a yoik for someone else and they can choose. If there's multiple to choose from, they can choose. Um, but it, it sounds like it's really important the meaning and the feeling that you put into the yoik, maybe even more than the words. Yes, and most of the time it is used in a very positive way to help one another to feel good, to tell good things about one another, but it can be misused too. And I, I, I have heard that yoik has been misused and it's crossed my heart and it was very scary. So when one well I I want to share something with our listeners, which is that um, you will be collaborating with the Pacific Sami CRV board on behalf of uh, our event NANU this year. And, and so I want to thank you on behalf of the board for being part of our NANO event. And, and of course, that event is on Saturday, June 25th at 11 a.m. And that will be held in person at Camp Long in Seattle. And we're very excited to be able to gather in person after the pandemic and also excited uh, for your participation in this event. I wonder, could you remind us of what NANU means, please? NANU, that is adjective. NANU is an adjective. So if I say NANU, Catherine, that means strong Catherine. Nano almost strong person. Not just in the sense of being strong, like lifting a thousand pounds, but that can also, nano almost includes so much that you have, um, you can attribute all among the spirit forgingers. Um, that you you can 
endure lots of challenges. Nanos. Mm -hmm. To be nano, it's uh, yes, you, you can fight or find a way for many challenges. That is nano. And it's also another meaning of nano. If, if you talk about something and we agree, then I can say nano fall. Then you put a F R L nano fall. Uh, how can that be translated? Yeah, just like that. Nano fall. Nano. Nano. If I agree, I can also say nano. Yes, right. It's, it's an nearest I can translate it to in English. You tell me something, I agree, I say nano. Yes, and I know that there that you can't directly translate North Sami to English, of course, because sometimes ideas get ideas are embedded into language. So sometimes ideas will kind of get lost in the translation. But I think what what I hear you saying is that Nanu is an adjective and it kind of brings strength or power or uh, an enduring kind of energy into into whatever it is that you are talking about or doing or or saying kind of the word resilience comes to mind for me is it kind of like resilience what is resilience sure sure so if i say nano bena nano dog then you think how the dog can be nano Okay, if I say nano bela, then you start to think how the car can be in nano. So it's uh, also very near to, to the thing, what is nano? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Nano sabet, uh, ski, <laughs> very strong ski. Then it's, you, you start, how can a, a ski be strong? But I have a, I have an important question that I uh, like to, to ask. Yes, it's, okay. It's, it's important to me anyway. Yes, absolutely. Um, can you send my question to Nano, to Pacific Samis Harvey? Is it possible to be a member there, even if I live, live in Goldagate now? <laughs> I'm only laughing because the, the answer becomes, of course, um, but, but you're reminding me with your question. Yes, the answer is absolutely. You can be a member of the Pacific Sami Servi from anywhere in the world. Oh, um, <laughs> yes, absolutely, because um, we are very open and inclusive organization, um, but coming from you, sir, Ailosh, um, it, it makes me smile and almost giggle just because uh, it seems like that should be the question you see that that Sami Americans would ask Sami people <laughs> so that you it almost went backwards there that that you asked me if is it possible for Sami person to be a member of the CRV even if they don't live where the CRV is located. Um, the answer is yes, absolutely. In fact, the name of this podcast, um, we collectively decided as Ra Yehi Satmi, 
Rayahisatmi translates as borderless satmi. Yes, very nice, very good name. Yeah. (laughs) The intention behind Rayahisatmi as a title is to invoke the this image or the sense of a migratory people who cannot be contained by imperialist borders, who uh, have a belonging to the land and the landscape, which is encompassed by all of the earth, not just parts of it. And so that's the feeling behind Raya Hisatmi. Uh, so with that, I would say, yes, of course, uh, anyone is welcome to become a member of the CRV and you don't have to have Sami ancestry to be a member. Um, if you want to support Sami culture and cultivate and sustain um, Sami issues and even indigenous issues here on Turtle Island, which is now called the United States, um, then we would welcome more people to join and become members of the Pacific Sami CRV. That's such a good question. Thank you for asking it. Oh, I'm happy that I can be a member there. I'm wondering what what will be your role for the Pacific Sami CRV's uh, NANU event this June 25th? To Can have you... contact, not just once a year, to speak together, tell news, come to you in 23, and um, yeah share information, uh, give you names for people who are historian, who can uh, give you lectures that you might like to have. Just to have good friends also important, very important. Tells me also very positive thing that is a kind of unstoppable. Yes. Yes. It goes through everything like real love, rightly passion, like really wanting something. It goes through walls, through atmospheres, through universe. I mean, it's part of us. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It reaches from Jupiter from nanosecond. <laughs> That's right. You got it. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you at Nanu on June 25th. I hope that we will have people in participation, not only from the Pacific Northwest, uh, but also in Satmi, who will join us for that event. Um, anyone listening? You're welcome and invited to join us in celebrating Sami culture and food in this community building gathering that is Nanu on June 25th.
I want to give a special thank you to the board and membership of the Pacific Sami CRV for hosting this podcast and providing a platform for us to traverse, reflect on, and reclaim our connections to Sami culture and identity. I'm incredibly excited to be walking alongside you, our listeners, on the journey as we talk with our guests and learn from their unique perspectives and lived experiences. A special thank you to our musicians in Sapmi, featured here on the podcast, Ingor Anti Ailu Gap, aka Ailosh, as well as Vile Soderbaum and Hilda Landsman. We offer gratitude to Sandpoint Marketing for their assistance in recording and engineering these early episodes, as well as Seattle's Four Culture Fund for a grant to produce several episodes, and King County's Coronavirus Relief Fund for making it possible to purchase equipment and services to record remotely. Thank you to all of our members of the Pacific Sami Servi for their support of our mission, and to the Sami in Sapmi and worldwide for their continued commitment to maintaining and sharing Sami culture, both traditional and modern. Learn more at pacificsami.org or email us at pacificsamiservi at gmail.com. We look forward to seeing you next time on Rayahi Sapmi. Mana Dirvan.